Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hello, and welcome to another episode of HR in 15. I'm Nancy Arado, Director of Marketing here at Prestige, and your host today. For today's episode, we welcome back Claire Chandler, business advisor and founder of the Talent Boost, where she partners with organizations and C-level executives to improve performance and accelerate organizational performance. In our previous episode, Claire provided a look into the research and data she's gathered around leadership preparedness through one-on-one conversations with new leaders and talent management executives. We are super excited to have Claire back with us today to share her observations around the top reasons why so many leaders fail. She'll also offer advice on how organizations can address this disconnect and support their leaders so they're more likely to succeed. Claire, thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it, Nancy. We loved our prior conversation about you and your discussions with executives and new business leaders, and really just kind of some insights into some of their challenges when they're in these new roles and surprising findings as to um, some of the handoffs and um, some of the opportunities that are, are really right in front of us. So we're going to get started. We're going to kind of dive in again, and we're going to kick things off with asking you know, what were some common threads that you found through your conversations with these leaders? Yeah, so interesting, as I mentioned uh, last time, you know, I I invited uh, a few hundred HR and talent management executives to have a conversation and uh, a little over 100 uh, newly transitioned leaders to the same. And I, I discovered that it didn't matter what industry they were in. It didn't matter the tenure of the new leader. It didn't matter the quality or the size of the HR team that was put in charge of identifying and deploying the leaders, the pain points across all of these interviews were similar. HR struggles to put the right leaders into the right roles. Companies fail to take simple actions to increase their leaders' probability of success. And the leaders themselves are left to figure things out on their own. So to me, those were really the three common threads that came across very loud and clear through all of those conversations. It's interesting to me, Claire, that there was so much commonality in your discovery across so many leaders in different roles in different organizations, rather tenured or new. And what do you think is the reasoning behind that? They're all very similar, right? If you can narrow them down, um, can you shed some insight into that for us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, and I think we can take a little bit of comfort, right, in the fact that there is such commonality. There's not, there's no um, unicorn, if you will, in terms of one industry or, you know, companies in this size range having such a unique pain point. Um, they were eerily similar in terms of those, in terms of those threads. You know, McKinsey and company did a study not too long ago, and they found that at least 50%, and they said in, in some cases up to 70%, of leaders fail within their first 18 months. And it doesn't necessarily mean that by, you know, a year and a half in, they go running screaming from the building. A lot of times that failure comes in, you know, in the form of, of severe underperformance or a lot of turnover, 
uh, you know, among the team that is reporting to them. But that failure rate is scary. And the higher up the leadership ladder you go, the higher that failure rate is. Um, and so, you know, through my own research, through my own work with leaders and through these conversations that, I, that I've been having, I found that there were three main reasons why leaders failed. One is that lack of preparedness that we, that we keep talking about. The second one is a lack of mission clarity. So last time we talked about, you know, one of the one of the simple things that HR can do to help to close that failure gap and that preparedness gap is to make absolute sure that that new leader truly and clearly understands why they are being put into that role to begin with. So lack of mission clarity is a big one. And the third one is indecisiveness. Um, and I know that sounds a little bit a little bit funny, but, you know, a, a, a leader lives or dies by their ability to make decisions both on the fly, day-to-day firefighting type of decisions, as well as the strategic, uh, you know, long-term types of decisions. And most leaders will use the excuse, well, I just didn't have enough information available, enough data on hand to make an informed decision. And veteran leaders will tell you, you rarely, if ever, have all of the information, all the data to make a 100% informed decision doesn't mean you just make a gut level reaction, but there are ways that you can become more competent and confident, like we talked about last time, um, so that your decisions become more and more sound and more and more mission focused. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think for even some of our listeners who, you know, have experience with these very, you know, rather small businesses, there isn't always a, a clear outline um a clear mission right to be able to say here's where we want to go here's how we want to get there it's kind of like come on in join us we're happy you're here good luck with everything just make it better and i think you know there's there's that onus on both sides both you know those in roles within that organization already as well as the the new leader um who's coming on board to figure out how to develop that right how to take um, you know, something and kind of drive it forward, how to think outside the box, how to listen and learn, and then quickly prepare a mission if if potentially one isn't already there. And then maybe go back if I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that and see if that's kind of, you know, rightfully so where they see the company going, helping them to develop that if it doesn't exist. Yeah, no, no doubt at all. I mean, the, the mission clarity is so foundational and it's another piece of the puzzle that a lot of companies just sort of gloss over and they assume because they've got a mission statement somewhere on their company website that everyone is crystal clear on what that means to them and how they contribute to it. Um, you know, and you had made the observation in our last episode that even if a company is struggling to define a mission specific to one leader's role, at least get clarity around what the overall organization's mission is. And, and you'd be surprised to find how many companies are a bit fuzzy on that mission. So clarity of mission is absolutely foundational to the success of any business and any leader. Makes a lot of sense. And sometimes that evolves, right? As companies are mm -hmm. growing and you get out there and you think you have one mission and then maybe that kind of evolves into something bigger or you're taking kind of a different path or maybe dual path. So I think, you know, over time that can develop and change as well, depending on the leader. 
So, so talk to us about this one area. I know you mentioned in the past, and we're really interested in hearing about the two biggest areas of disconnect that lead to leadership and, and HR challenges. What are those two big areas of disconnect? Yeah, so this was really fascinating. So the conversations that I had, like I said, uh, cut across all all different types of industries, company sizes, um, you know, blue collar, white collar, nonprofit, for profit. It didn't matter. The two primary areas of disconnect between HR and the leaders they are trying to deploy were the same. And the first one was around mindset. Um, and honestly, Nancy, this is going to blow your mind because it was like really shocking to me. So when you talk to people in HR that are looking for leaders, especially at a higher level of, of leadership, right? So leaders of leaders, HR has this general impression of leaders that those leaders walk in with a lot of ego, right? They're very ego driven. Um, you know, some of them are borderline narcissistic. We don't have time to get into that area, certainly. Um, but that they walk in with a lot of ego. And here's the part that blew my mind. Every single new leader that I talked to, and again, not just they're a leader for the first time, but are recently put into a new leadership role, every single one of them admitted that they were filled with self-doubt. In fact, many of them, when they are about to step into a new role that is, you know, a bit outside the realm of their you know, outside of their depth, one that they're not familiar with, a new team, a new client, a, a, a larger, you know, complex uh, scope, et cetera. A lot of them even ask themselves if they deserved to be operating at that level, if they deserve to be in that role. And to me, that was mind blowing, right? Because I come from an HR background and I was like everybody else. I said, well, you know, we, we tapped into this leader. He or she has, you know, really been a, a star performer for us in this other leadership role or this individual contributor role, they're going to walk in here and they're going to own the room. And the opposite was true. So this, this concept of mindset is super important and HR needs to understand that not only do leaders need more help than they are being given, but they're afraid to ask for it. So that was the big, the, the first disconnect. The second came around uh, the, the theme of resources. What form does that help take, right? And every single person I spoke to in HR said, well, you know, they were all proud about the fact that they've rolled out all of this brand new training. A lot of it is uh, web enabled so people can learn, you know, uh, where they are, you know, remote and all of this sort of thing. And they're they have convinced themselves that they have done right by these leaders by offering online training and other sort of just in time interventions. And I talked to the leaders and literally without exception. The leader said to me, I don't need training. I need someone to talk to about these new situations that I am navigating. They don't want a, a, a training. They don't want a workshop. They need a sounding board. They need to get results. They need to do it quickly. They need to establish credibility and confidence with their teams. And they're not going to get that through training. So those two were the biggest mind blowing areas of disconnect that I found. You know, it's it's really interesting. So you talk about mindset, right? And, you know, we expect leaders to almost have that abundance of confidence, which could translate to coming, you know, across as a big ego. But underneath that hard shell, you know, there's all of those human elements and all of those um, 
feelings of being in this new position. And um, I think it's it's okay. It's good to have those feelings and not have to always feel like you have to portray being confident all the time, and, you know, and, and, and being so perfect and getting in that role and being able to ask for help and not be afraid to do so. And um, it's on the resource side, you absolutely, I, I can really relate to wanting and needing the human element. We are um, taking those steps here at Prestige when we have some, when we have our um, new employees come on board, where they they go through this training, and it's all about connection before they even talk about the role and the tasks at hand, and it's been really overwhelming from the the person who's new on the team to say, I couldn't believe how well I got to know the team, and we felt so comfortable, and then they could proceed to talking about what's happening in this role what are some opportunities and challenges ahead but they established that connection um definitely not an online you know opportunity there but something kind of real world scenario yeah you know and it's it's so interesting because one of the one of the questions i asked all of the, the newly transitioned leaders that i spoke to was you know if, if, if you had it to do over again if you had your first six months as a as a redo knowing what you know now what would you have done differently? And again, almost without exception, um, you know, they said, I would have asked for help sooner. I would have taken advantage of that quote unquote honeymoon period to ask more questions. Um, and I certainly would have uh, reached out to the formal and informal networks I had around me, um, you know, and, and, and sought out advice. And I think there's such power in knowing that it is okay to ask for help, right? There's this uh, I mean, gosh, Brene Brown has has made a, um, a a living around specializing in the power of vulnerability, especially at the executive level, because, you know, you just talked about the humanization. Every one of us has flaws. Every one of us makes mistakes and none of us has all the answers, least of all the leaders. And if you walk into a leadership role trying to project that you've got it handled and you know everything about the role, well, first of all, everyone knows that that's, you know, that that is you are an imposter, right? Because there's no possible way you could know everything on day one. But there are ways through vulnerability, through asking questions, through being open and through seeking help that you can get there a lot faster than just sort of winging it. Absolutely. These sound like potential solutions, right, to some of the obstacles, um, just as something as simple as being comfortable asking for help and knowing what to ask and how to seek that help sound like potential solutions. Um, so what are other ways that businesses can address these problems and set their leaders up for success? Yeah, great, great question. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I've sort of harped a lot on the disconnects, right, between the two camps, the HR camp and the, and the new leaders. Um, but there's some good news that came out of those conversations. And, and, and the biggest news or the best news was that there's a lot of common ground between those two sides as well. Um, you know, the, the leaders have a lot of self-doubt in the beginning. Am I, am I, you know, worthy of being at this level? Am I going to do right by the company and by the people that I've been asked to lead? But HR is also asking, you know, did I, did I do right by the company by putting the right leader in the right role? And it boils down to they have the same question at their core. Am I making the right decision? Right? When I'm in HR, am I choosing the right leader for the right role? 
And for the leader, it's a daily, if not hourly question that they're asking themselves, especially in the beginning, am I making the right decision? So part of the solution is to get both sides of that equation to a point where they can feel much more competent and confident in making those decisions. Again, whether they are day-to-day -day putting out fires types of decisions or longer term strategic, how do we you know, accomplish our mission? Um, and so I do a lot of work with, with companies and, and leaders and teams on you know, really helping them distill down that drinking from a fire hose sense of overwhelm into basically a one page dashboard um, you know, where they can kind of look at that. It's based around mission, right? So getting really, really clear on the mission of the company, of the team, of the role, um, and then really identifying from there, what are the other things, obstacles, opportunities that we need to be aware of so that we can use this, this one page, this mission clarity that we now have um, to filter through our decisions and make them much more confidently. So there are ways that uh, new leaders can use that type of a framework to uh, make much better decisions, especially again, when they don't have all of the data that they would like to have. And even from an, you know, an HR standpoint, um, you know, there are ways that they can increase their confidence and competence in identifying the right leader for the right role to begin with. It sounds like building the framework, building the dashboard, like you said, just gives you a reasonable place to start, right? It's manageable. It's on a page or two, being able to just kind of put it down and focus on kind of relevant near-term opportunities, understanding some of the obstacles, kind of thinking through some of the mission through even these smaller um, opportunities, but, you know, keeping your eye on the bigger overall goal is, is a wonderful place to get started and keeps it manageable. Without that, it's just, you know, kind of feels overwhelming, right? Especially Absolutely. when you're just getting started and everyone's coming to you and, you know, from all different places, right? All different departments and you're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to get started? What do I do first? Um, and it sounds like just kind of checking back in with HR. They're wondering how it's going. You're wondering if you're doing a good job and kind of having them more of a partner in um, understanding your approach and how you're developing um, your personal mission to kind of fit in and drive things forward. So it sounds, um, sounds like, you know, great feedback. Thank you to our listeners for joining us and tuning in um, to learn more about Claire and to schedule your free 15-minute introductory call with Claire, you can visit with her at discoverywithclaire.com. And um, you can hear more HR advice from our community of experts by finding um, future and um, current and past episodes of HR in 15 using your favorite podcast. We're at www.hrin15.com. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we'll catch you soon. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit PrestigePEO.com.